Hello, this is your friendly neighborhood host, J.T. Wheatley, here again for another episode of the History of Comic Books podcast. This time, the history of horror comics. Like all great artistic mediums, many different genres have populated comic books throughout the years. While it is, for better or worse, dominated by the superhero genre, many others still count among its ranks, most notably horror. The early precursors to using horror in sequential art go back to centu- back centuries with the 12th century Japanese scroll Gakizoshi, or the scroll of Hungry Ghost, and the 16th century Mextec codices from the early uh, Me- Mexico. Pulp magazines, the immediate predecessor of comic books, also explored the horror genre, such as Dime Mystery under the influence of the Greg Gagul Theater, a Paris theater that specialized in horror plays. It was quickly joined by horror stories and terror tales. When comic books themselves first started appearing, they started taking on a horror vibe, if not outright horror stories. In 1935, New Fun Comics No. 6, the creators of Superman, Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster, provided the first story of Dr. Occult, a private detective who uses magic to fight the supernatural, and in this story, the Vampire Master. On top of being one of the first horror characters, it's also one of the earliest DC characters created to still be in comic books today. Of course, more mainstream comic book characters would tackle the supernatural as well, such as in Detective Comics number 31 and 32, where Batman battles a vampire. Prize Comics was another company that broached the horror genre, but did it through more classic characters, such as Frankenstein in 1940, with issue number 7. However, the creature was depicted with, with various sizes, with Victor Frankenstein fighting in, along with Dens, Owl, Green Llama, Yank, and Doodle in Prize Comics number 24. Soon the series was turned into a crazy black comedy and made a regular comic book with issue number 18. The creature is shown to hate Victor, but the stories lack continuity as he constantly wandered the earth. It would eventually end with issue number 33. Probably the first comic book dedicated to horror stories was Gilberton Publications' Classic Comics number 12 in August 1943, with an adaptation of Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, followed in number, issue number 13, which had a full-length adaptation of Robert Louis Stevenson's The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Other comic books would do adaptations of Edgar Allan Poe and other classic horror writers, Front page comic book, a Harvey Comics anthology series, featured a comic cover of a knife-wielding ghoul in 1945. And in 1946, Strange Story introduced, introduced Bob Powell's Man in Black, one of the earliest versions of a horror host in comic books. Avon Publications' Eerie Number 1 on January 1947 was the first horror comic with original content, content, complete with a cover of a woman tied to a post while a weird-eyed ghoul, pointedly-eared fiend, looking very much like Nosferatu, approached her. The first horror comic book series was American comic, from American Comic Books Group, ACG, which published Adventures into the Unknown in 1948. Like many in the horror genre, it was an anthology series about werewolves and ghosts, with such stories as the Castle of Ostranto, featuring characters like the Living Ghosts, who appeared in multiple issues after the first one. There is also a nice mix of whimsical fantasies, such as The Beast of Beyond in issue number 17, and Fangs of Horror. Nevertheless, the comic book was never really that gruesome. ACG would later produce series like Forbidden Worlds in 1951, Out of the Dark in the same year, and The Skeleton Hand in 1952, and even tried 3D slash True Vision for a year, though it ended in 1959. One notable thing about ACG was the, was the books that the covers rarely had anything to do with the contents of the comic book. For example, the cover of Forbidden Worlds number 5, a giant sea serpent is attacking a fairy, but inside is the story of a merman wanting revenge. Many of the artists used were Harry Lazarus, Bob Fenagone, Kevin Lardue, and Edward Good. 
A notable story was the man who died laughing in issue number 58 of The Adventures into the Unknown. However, like many horror books, ACG was forced to turn to lighter fare with The Adventures of CCA with issue number 60, featuring stories like hospitality. They did try to counter criticism by running an editorial in the issue about how they always tried to keep their horror stories in good taste. The company tried to keep the book based with horror with End of the Line in issue number 61 and The Big War in number 62, but by issue number 63, the book was firmly turned to sci-fi and fantasy. One of the first horror-inspired characters, the Spectre, actually came from one of Superman's co-creators, Jerry Siegel, which he co-created with Bernard Bailey, first appearing in More Fun Comic Books number 52 on February of 1940. Originally a cop, Jim Corrigan, who was murdered by thugs and stuffed into a barrel filled with cement, he returns to life bonded to an entity referred to only as The Voice, with a mission to avenge evil, becoming the Spectre. He would soon become a founding member of the Justice Society of America and remains one of the most powerful supernatural characters in the DC Universe. Of course, when any fan thinks of horror comic books, the first thought is EC Comics and its classic series, Tales from the Crypt. Originally titled Crypt, Crypt and Terror for the first 17 issues, it eventually reverted to its classic title with the Crypt Keeper as the host. In the comic book, he is originally just an old man and, and called Suspense Stories. His artistic talent was second to none with the likes of Wally Wood, Harvey Kurtzman, Al Feldstein, and Johnny Craig. The series would also introduce the Vault Keeper and the Old Witch in issue number 20, who would later host their own series. Unlike ACG, EC didn't shy away from the grotesque, with uh, numerous satirical and horrific stories such as The Last Respects in issue number 23 and The Bath in issue number 42. Soon, the Vault of Horror would join EC's lineup with the Vault Keeper as the host. Originally the, war, originally, the War Against Crime comic for its first 12 issues, it converted to the horror format with stories like Doctor of Horror in issue number 13 and Buried Alive in issue number 15. By 1953, the book was even gorier, with the cover of a knight of number 13 featuring a severed arm, along with sadistic stories like With All the Trappings in issue number 24. However, EC would continue in the crime genre somewhat with crime suspense stories in 1950, though it would have numerous stories with horror elements, such as The Murder by Boomerang, Snapshots of Death, and The High Tide. Haunt of Fear, with the host of The Old Witch, was another notable EC horror comic with stories like The Jar and Heads Up. EC would attract such notable talent like the legendary writer Ray Bradbury with his story The Screaming Woman. It also featured EC quickies like First Impulse in issue number 13. However, crime suspense stories would be subject to great scrutiny with the cover of a severed head on issue number 22 by Johnny Craig, which would be used as evidence against the company in the Senate hearings. Haunt the Fear would continue until issue number 28 in 1954, which came with the announcement of EC ending its horror line due to the CCA. One series that did survive was Shock Suspense Stories in 1952, which featured stories from numerous genres from the crime to sci-fi, but also horror, with notable series like The Guilty in issue number three and The Well-Traveled in issue number five. Another notable horror comic from Prize Comics was Black Magic, most notably for being made by the classic duo of Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, the creators of Captain America. While Kirby's art rarely lent itself to horror, the series did produce some notable stories such as The Silver Bullet for Your Heart in issue number 3 and Head of the Family in issue number 6. It lasted for 50 issues until 1957 before finally being cancelled, but would later be revived for 9 issues in 1973 by DC. Marvel also was part of the horror game early on, with such stories as Venus in 1948, which originally started as a horror romance comic starring Venus, the Roman goddess of love, who went to Earth and became the editor of Beauty Magazine. 
However, the series would take a darker turn and eventually be renamed Strange Tales of the Supernatural, where Venus would face a blob-like creature in the Creeping Death Story. By issue number 18, the love concept was ditched, but it would be canceled by issue number 19. The series is notable because Bill Everett, the co-creator of Namor and Daredevil, helped provide some of the art. Another comic book that uh, took on a horror vibe from Marvel was the titular book, titular book Marvel Tales, by ni- in 1949, which started to feature horror tales by issue number 33. However, by issue number 116, with the rise of the horror genre in the 1950s, it became a full-on horror book with stories like Whole Death Awaits in, 19- in issue number 131 and Oh Baby in 128. Men's Adventures in 1950 was another Marvel comic with horror stories, though it was an anthology with various stories of all kinds, notably I Walked on the Moon in in issue number 26. A popular Marvel comic book title with a horror vibe was Strange Tales in 1951, which featured horror stories like The Boy Who Was Afraid in issue number 10 and Come Share My Coffin in issue number 28. Mystic came out in 1951 and did the same with Good Morning, Mr. Smith, featuring a twisting and ironic endings, such as the story in Pain in issue number 33. Astonishing, in 1951, originally starred Marvel Boy, but would soon take on a horror vibe when he started fighting ghouls and vampires, such as in the story Accidents Will Happen in, in issue number 24. Adventures in Terror, in 1951, was a straight-on horror anthology with tales like Vampire Brats in issue number 4 and They're Driving Me Crazy in issue number 14. Spellbound was published in 1952 with a black comedy, with suspense stories, with stories like Only a Rose in issue number 16 and Day in the Mud in issue number 22. Journey into Mystery was published in 1952 with also a classic anthology series that addressed horror with stories like Now You See It in issue number 10 and The New Look in issue number 11. Adventures in the Weird Worlds in 1952 did the same with Don't Bury Me Deep in issue number 5 and The Last Last in issue number 9, along with Uncanny Tales in 1952 and Mystery Tales in 1952 as well. Menace was released in 1953 and was a notable series if only for featuring tales by Stan Lee. DC was also part of the horror game with House of Mystery in 1952, with stories like I Fell in Love with a Witch in issue number 1 and the Friday the 13th Club in issue number 4. However, with the CCA, the series would leave the horror genre, but would return to it in 1968. While Star Comics was originally a superhero book, it did feature horror tales like The Ghost Breaker in issue number 122, which featured the character of Dr. 13, who would have continued to appear until issue number 130 when the series was cancelled. However, 13 would then reappear in The Phantom Stranger, published in 1952, where the title character teamed with him, but, also, but that series only lasted six issues. 13 was a paranormal skeptic who investigated the supernatural and the intention of proving them hoaxes. He was paired with The Phantom Stranger, who was created by John Broom, Carmen Infantino, and Sid Barry. The, the Stranger was a mystical detective and seemingly immortal, making an interesting pairing with Dr. 13. Of interesting note, the Phantom Stranger's origin has never been revealed to this date, as it varies from being a fallen angel to being caught in a time loop. Also at DC, Sensation Mystery was published in 1952, but it was changing its name from Sensation Comics, its original title back in 1942, when it used to be a World War II book, but then switched to horror genre by issue number 107, with stories like Sinister Jack in the Box in that issue and The Fingers of Fear in issue number 109. Fawcett's publications contributions to the horror genre was This Magazine is Haunted in 1951, with stories like The Weirdest Corpse of All in issue number 2 and The Aged Curse in issue number 8. 
It, it lasted only 14 issues under Fawcett before Charlton took over the, for another seven issues, which joined their own comics like The Thing in 1952 and, and This is Suspense in 1955. A second volume was created in 1957 with the, ho- the new host, Dr. Haunt. Another Fawcett horror comic was Worlds of Fear, published in 1952, which featured stories like City of a Fearful Night in issue number two and The Fleshless Ones in number, issue number seven, uh, number ten. Strange Suspense Stories in 1952 was also under Fawcett, along with Beware, Terror Tales in 1952, which also had a host of a mummy wearing a hooded cloak. Fawcett also delivered strange stories from Number World in 1952, World Beyond Stories of Weird Adventure in 1951, Unknown World, also in 1952, and Suspense Detective in that same year, which was a combination of horror and crime. Harvey's horror comics were Black Cat Mystery, published in 1951, which was originally the superhero comic Black Cat before it became a horror comic by issue number 30, which led to the increase in sales. It will be followed up by Witch Tales in 1951, Chamber of Chills in the same year, and Tomb of Terror in 1952. Ace Comics provided A Hand of Fate in 1951, which was originally Men Against Crime before changing the uh, title with the eighth issue with the host Fate as narrator. The company was also produced Baffling Mysteries in 1951, which was originally an Indian Mysteries before changing the title in issue number five, along with comics like The Beyond in the same year and Web of Mystery. Ajax Farrell produced Haunted Thrills in 1952, which lasted only 18 issues, along with Voodoo the same year and Fantastic Fears in 1953. Avon produced Eerie, of course, which of course is the original horror comic with original content, in 1946, and then in 1952 they produced Witchcraft. Diary of Horror, and in 1953, Night of Mystery. Better Feather produced Adventures in the Darkness, Out of the Shadows, and The Unseen in 1952. Comic Media produced Weird Terror in 1952 and Horrific in that same year. Fiction House produced Ranger Comics, which featured the story of the werewolf hunter and eventually was replaced by The Secret Files of Dr. Drew, along with Ghost Comics in 1951, and then The Monster in 1953, but both those only lasted two issues. Hillman produced a heap, which is where Airborne started, which later got on its own series, Airborne the Rats. However, the heap is notable for being a, a large vegetable swamp creature, which would soon become uh, inspirations for later characters the Man-Thing and Swamp-Thing. Key Comics made Tales of Horror and Suspense in 1951, which introduced the character of Mr. Mystery. The series was hosted by Dapper Dan, who wore an opera mask and introduced the first story in the comic book, The Hand. Key also produced Weird Mysteries in 1952 and only lasted 12 issues. By issue, by issue number three, a ghoul teacher was the host. Weird Chills was also another horror series by Key, created in 1954. Quality produced Web of Evil in 1952, while St. John's Mad Strange Horrors, Weird Horrors in 1952, and Nightmare in 1953, which took over Weird Horror in issue number, within number 10. Story created Mysterious Adventures and Dark Mysteries in 1951 and Fight Against Crime in 1954, while Hollywood made Suspense Comics in 1945. Star made Blue Bolt Weird Tales in 1949 and Startling's Terror Tales in 1952, while Sterling produced The Tormented in 1952, which lasted only two issues. Toby Noen produced Tales of Horror in 1952, while Trojan made Beware in 1953, along with Crime Mysteries. Youthful Comics produced Chilling Tales in 1952, and Zif Dose made Mad Hat- Nightmare in 1952 as well. Master Comics did Dark Mysteries in 1951, which ran for 24 issues, while Premier did Mystery Stories in 1955, and Horror from the Tomb in 1954. Bailey did Spook Comics in 1952, 
In his Superior Comics produced Strange Mysteries in 1952, Journey into the Fear in, in the same year, and Mysteries Weird and Strange in 1953. While that's a long list of titles, those only scratch the surface of the Golden Age of Horror, which overlapped and arguably lasted longer with the original Golden Age of comic books in, in America, which is largely considered to have ended with World War II. However, by the publication of Dr. Frederick Warburton's Seduction and Innocence in 1954 and the overall backlash against comic books in general, it led to the Senate Subcommittee of Juvenile Delinquency in that same year. After Bill Gaines, the publisher of EC Comics, gave disastrous testimony when cross-examined by Senator Estes Canaver, Democrat from Tennessee, the entire public turned against the industry. In particular, when asked about the cover of Crime Suspense Stories number 22 on April May of 1954 by Johnny Craig, which showed a killer with a bloody axe in one hand and a woman's severed head in the other, Confiber asked Gaines if this was in good taste, and Gaines replied, Yes, I do, for the cover of a horror comic book. The public backlash was instant, and to avoid government regulation, the comics industry formed the comic books. Magazine Association of America in September of 1954, and with it, the Comics Code Authority, which set restrictions on the content of comic books could have, along with restricting gruesome content. Also of note, the words horror and terror were forbidden from being used in the titles of comics. As a result, many titles, such as DC's House of Mystery, converted to superhero titles, while others were canceled with many of the companies publishing them to end it as well. Most notably was EC Comic Books, who would have to cancel its entire lineup with, with only mag magazine surviving. It would be years before horror comic books recovered, but they would, but when, but they would when comics in general did with the Silver Age. With the launch of the Silver Age of comic books, the various companies started to produce horror-themed comics again, though the CCA restricted them greatly. Marvel's Journey into Mystery was one example, with stories like The Beast in issue number 46 and I Planted the Seas of Doom in issue number 56. However, the anthology series, along with Strange Tales, Tales of Expense, and Tales of Extonis, would eventually all become superhero books, as that was one of the few genres that they could avoid the CCA rules. Nevertheless, the occasional horror story would still appear, since The Worm Man in issue number 78. Marvel also produced uh, Amazing Adventures in 1961, with stories like I Led the Search for the, for the Manor in issue number 2, along with other anthology horror series like Mystical Tales, Adventures in the Mystery, and World of Suspense. Granted, due to the eight-book-a-month restriction Marvel had with its distributor, Independent, which was owned by rival DC, many of them would be canceled soon after being published. DC would also produce the occasional horror story at, around this time as well, but in the strangest places, such as the Star-Spangled War stories, with the war that time forgot in issue number 90, and Suicide Squad in issue number 116. Charlton moved into adaptions of monster movies with Gorgo in 1961, an adaptation of the 1961 British movie of the same name about a young sea monster brought to London for exploitation, only to have his large, much larger mother, Orga, come looking for him. Issue number two is notable for having Joe Gill and J Steve Ditko produced in the art. The series ran for 25 issues, ending when the monster was captured. Gorgo was star also starred in a three-issue miniseries, Gorgo's Revenge, that was renamed The Return of Gorgo by issue number two, that ran from 1962 to 1964. Of interesting note, Steve Ditko did a backup story for The Web of Spider-Man Annual number 6, 1990, about Captain Universe creates giant versions of toys Gorgo and Conga to battle the giant monsters. For copyright reasons, though, Gorgo is called Gorgay in the story. The other monster in the story, Conga, was also based on a 1961 monster movie of the same name about a giant chimp created from a serum, which Charlton would produce as a 23-issue series. 
The series would last for 23 issues before being renamed Fantastic Beasts with issue number 24, but was then promptly cancelled. Like Gorgo, it was notable that the stalwart Charlton author Steve Ditko also provided work for the series. Congo also got his um, own three-issue miniseries that ran from 1962 to 1964, first titled The Return of Congo, before being called Congo's Revenge by issue number two. It also saw a one-issue reprint in 1968. Reptilicus, was published in 1961, was a two-issue miniseries from Charlton based on the monster movie by the same name, which was based on a Danish-American film about a giant prehistoric reptile. However, when the copyright lapsed, Rep- Rep- Charlton renamed it Reptosaurus and modified the look in issue number three, and the series continued on in issue number eight before being canceled in 1962. In 1963, Reptosaurus Special Edition One-Shot was produced. In 2012, this would be reprinted in Scary Monster Magazine as Reptosaurus the Terrible as part of a black-and-white collection, Scary Saurus the Scary. Also at Charlton, Tales of the Mysterious Traveler Anthology was published in 1956 and lasted for 13 issues, starring a nameless narrator dressed in a fedora and trench coat, and very much a ripoff of the Phantom DC's The Phantom Stranger, who also stood by and observed as horrific stories unfolded. Blue Beetle was turned into ghastly tales in 1966, while keeping the original numbering with issue number 55. The host was a cloak figure named Mr. L. Dredd, but also introduced ghost fighter Dr. Graves. He would get his own comic, The Mini Ghost of Dr. Graves in 1967, in which he was narrated and sometimes even investigated the stories involved. Charlton also produced Ghost Member in 1968, which, like many horror anthology series, got a host, or in this case, Hostess, and Winnie the Witch by his number 13. The series would end after 19 issues. Dell Publishing produced a two-issue Dracula st- series in 1962, with the second arriving in 1966. The company also made Tales from the Tomb, The Wolfman in 1963, and later a three-issue Werewolf Super Spy series in 1966. Ghost Stories in 63 and Frankenstein in 64 were also published under Dell. Gold Key did an adaptation of Twilight Zone in 1962 with original stories like Voyage to Nowhere in issue number one and The Creatures of Canvas in number nine. So successful, it became a double-sized comic by issue number 38. The company also produced Boris Karloff Tales of Mystery in 1962, which was also based on the TV show of the same name, but continued long after it was canceled. For the first three issues, it was called Boris Karloff Thrills. Another adaptation was Dark Shadows in 1968, based on the popular horror soap opera, but with original stories. In fact, the lead character, Barnabas the Vampire, was no longer cursed by issue number four. One company that was able to avoid the CCA was Warren Publishing, since they published in the magazine format over comic books, like Mag Magazine did, thus the code didn't apply to them. Founded in 1957 by James Warren, its first magazines were Famous Monsters of Filmland and Monster World, both edited by Forrest J. Ackerman. Of interesting side note, the company also published Help, with its first employee being noted feminist and Wonder Woman fan Gloria Steinem. In 1964, the company expanded with Eerie and Creepy, two black-and-white horror magazines that sold for $0.35 as opposed to then-standard $0.12. Russ Jones was the founding editor of Creepy, but was later succeeded a year later by Archie Goodwin, with Joe Orlando working behind the scenes. Goodwin would later resign in 1967, and then in 1969, the company published its most iconic character, Vampirella, on September of 1969, created by Forrest J. Ackerman, Trina Robbins, Frank Frazetta, and Tom Sutton. Trina Robbins designed her original look and costume, while Sutton was the first story artist, and Frazetta provided her her first book cover, substituting one provided by, then, by European artist Aslan. The title character, Vampirella, was from Draculon, a planet inhabited by vampires called Vampiri, where rivers flowed with blood. 
However, the planet starts to die from drought and when an Earth spacecraft crashes on it. When Vampirilla investigates, she discovers the astronauts have blood in their veins the pilot and pilots the ship back to Earth. Unfortunately, another vampire, Dracula, escapes to Earth as well as the two battle for the planet, with Vampirilla being the good vampire while Dracula is the evil one. The series would run for 112 issues until March of 1983, just before Warren Publishing went bankrupt due to James Warren's poor health and bad business decisions. Vampirella and the rest of Warren's assets were acquired by Harris Publications in August 1983, though a 1999 lawsuit by Warren resulted in Creepy and Eerie returning to him. Nevertheless, Harris would produce further Vampirella stories before selling the rights to Dynamite Comics on March 17, 2010, who immediately started a new series in November of 2010, and has since produced series to this day of the character. As for Creepy and Eerie, Harris would publish new editions of the magazines until it lost its rights in 1999, and then Dark Horse Comics would begin publishing reprints in 2008. Despite going bankrupt, Warren Publishing initial success remained a bright spot in comics, particularly in showing that the black-and-white magazine format was a viable one. As a result, comic books like Heavy Metal and The Savage Sword of Conan probably would never existed. Also of note, Creepy Number 42, published on January 1972, featured the first interracial kiss in the mainstream comic books in the story of The Man Who Killed Him, A Monster, by Don McGregor and Lucy Garcia. Most importantly, it kept the adult comic books light burning during this restricted period of the CCA. While horror comics were slowly making a comeback during the 1950s, they were still restricted by the CCA until Marvel defied the code to publish an anti-drug issue in Amazing Spider-Man number 96-98 in 1971 at the request of the U.S. Department of Health. As a result, the CCA relaxed its restrictions, allowing the publication of stories featuring monsters and werewolves, along with adaptations of classic literature like Edgar Allan Poe. With these stories, with these restrictions relaxed, Marvel immediately jumped at the chance to produce horror titles, with one of the most exciting entries into, into horror comics being The Tomb of Dracula on April of 1972, be created by Jerry Conway and Gene Collin. Meant to be a Mara Dracula tale set in the Marvel Universe, who starred a team of vampire hunters who fought Count Dracula and various other supernatural threats. Archie Goodwin would eventually take up the writing by issue number three, and then Marv Wolfman would take over by issue number seven, who introduced Quincy Harker and his daughter Edith. Most significantly, he created the half-vampire hunter Blade in issue number ten. Another character introduced in Giant Size Thrillers number one, soon to be Giant Size Dracula, was Lilith, Dracula's daughter. Since he was a part of the Marvel Universe and a public domain character, Dracula would fight Doctor Strange in issue number 44 and Silver Surfer in issue number 50. The highly acclaimed series would last for 70 issues before ending on August of 1979, with many horror fans today calling it one of the best versions of Dracula ever, along with being one of the best comic books in the 1970s. The Marvel Dracula would continue to make appearances, appearing in X-Men, Doctor Strange number 62 in December 1983, and the Night Stalkers and Blade series in the 1990s. Another horror tale title from Marvel at the same time was Werewolf by Night in 1972, who first appeared in Marvel Spotlight number 2 in February 1972, created by Roy Thomas, Jerry Conway, and Mike Plogg, and running through Marvel Spotlight number 4. That same arc also introduced The Dark Cold in Marvel Spotlight number 3 on May of 1972, a mystical book grimoire containing the dark secrets and black magic that would also make regular appearances throughout the Marvel Universe. First called I, Werewolf, before being changed to Werewolf by Night, it starred the werewolf Jacob Jack Russell, birth name Jacob Russoff, but you have to love the current one, and would last for 43 issues. Like Tomb of Dracula, Jerry Conway wrote the first issue, with Marv Wolfman taking over by issue number 11. The character even met Dracula in Tomb of Dracula number 18. 
Dub Monik uh, took over the series issue number 20 and would use the series to introduce Moon Knight in issue number 32 on August 1975. However, the series would end with its last story arc in issues number 34 to 37 and finally ending in number 43. The character of Jack Russell would continue to make cameos throughout the Marvel and even got a new series, miniseries, in 1998. The Monster of Frankenstein in 1973 was also their Marvel property, which was renamed Frankenstein's Monster in number, issue number 6, and number 8 and 9, he also met Dracula. Perhaps the most popular horror character to be introduced by Marvel in the 1970s was Ghost Rider, who first appeared in Marvel Spotlight number 5 in September of 1973, created by Gary Friedrich and Mike Plug, about a stunt cyclist, Johnny Blaze, who sells his soul to Satan to save his life as his father. As a result, Blaze is bonded to the demon therist, Cerathos, becoming the spirit of vengeance with the task of returning escaped souls to hell. Ghost Rider would receive his own series in 1973 and would run for 81 issues before being canceled in June of 1983. The series would later be revived in May of 1990 with a new Ghost Rider, this time with Danny Ketch in the Spirit of Vengeance role, running from February of 1998 for 93 issues, though an unpublished issue number 94 would not be released until June of 2007, called Ghost Rider Finale. Of interesting note, the name Ghost Rider was previously associated with the white-clad Western hero at Marvel, who first appeared in Ghost Rider, The Ghost Rider No. 1 of February of 1967, also created by Gary Friedrich, Roy Thomas, and Dick Ayers, but the name was later retconned to be the Phantom Rider. Also first appearing in Ghost Rider No. 1 is Damon Hellstrom, Son of Satan, created by Roy Thomas and Gary Friedrich. He was originally born out of suggestion by Stan Lee, who, encouraged by the success of horror titles like Tomb of Dracula and Ghost Rider, thought a comic starring Satan himself, called The Marta Satan, Marta Satan would be a good idea. Roy Thomas thought that even that was a bit too extreme, instead of suggesting it be about his son, though the blurb The Marcus Satan does appear in The Ghost Rider No. 1 due to editorial oversight. Damon Hellstorm is the son of Satan, later retconned to be Marduk Curios, the biblical Lucifer, and the human Victoria Wingate, and trained by his father in the art of black magic. However, he rejects his father and chooses to fight against him as a hero. After his first appearance in Ghost Rider, Hellstorm would get his own series in Marvel Spotlight number 12 to 24 and his own title for eight issues before being canceled in February of 1977. David Hellstorm also has a sister, Satana, who first appeared in Vampire Tales number 2 in October of 1973 and who embraced their father's legacy. Both characters continue to make regular appearances throughout Marvel Comics to this day with one noted run for Hellstorm being in The Defenders, where he romanced Patsy Walker slash Hellcat and even married her. And you think you had bad in-laws. And with that, we're going to uh, complete this uh, first part of the History of Horror comic books. Uh, next week, we'll be continuing as we get into uh, the creation of Man-Thing and also uh, DC's mini horror characters and move up to the modern day.
Now it's October 19th, 2023. Time for the favorite comic of the week. Justice League vs. Godzilla vs. Kong by Brian Chuchulelo and uh, Christian Ducey, which uh, finds, which is an Elseworlds style book that finds the Justice League, uh, well, at first, kind of dealing with a more personal matter as uh, Superman is planning to propose to Lois Lane and all the members are uh, giving their input, two cents about that. Meanwhile, the Injustice Gang are looking for a way to. Uh, finally take the Justice League down, only to inadvertently fall upon a portal that allows them to import the beings from another dimension, and those beings end up being Godzilla and King Kong, along with a few other kaijus. Bush Leto seems to be having a lot of fun with this series, and he's kind of doing a slow build. Like I said, this first issue is just about, it's kind of a retrospective from the Justice League itself, has some great all-star members, Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, The Flash, Wonder Woman, and Supergirl. And the Justice Game is a lot of fun, too. And it's actually fun because they have a discussion where, well, maybe the reason we keep losing because we don't get along where they do. So, yeah, and of course, they do eventually crash. And also, there's some funnier actions, like when Grodd sees King Kong, he, he thinks he's a god, which is real funny. And Duche's art is gorgeous. Does a great job depicting the kaiju and, numer- and their awesomeness. And it makes you really look forward to that when they start battling uh, Godzilla and King Kong, it's going to be pretty fun. So, yeah, and yeah, I mean, also this book kind of lines up with the October uh, horror season. Well, more creature feature, but creature features like Godzilla and uh, King Kong and also Jaws and Jurassic Park are horror adjacent, so they still count. And, uh, yeah, that's my favorite comic of the week. And uh, with that, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I'm going to start doing some reposts of some older classic episodes, probably in timing with the season. Of course, this is the first part of the history of horror comics. And because if you go back to the uh, Apple Podcast algorithm, I my older episodes are no longer uh, available for uh, listening. If you listen on a different form, you might have already heard this uh, episode, so feel free to skip it. But yeah, just trying to keep the seat warm for this week. I'll also be attacking more classic probably next month, but I want to keep it the horror theme, and I couldn't come up with a new horror book to uh, bring up. I might do it next week, but this is a two-parter, but so by the time we're done, it'll be uh, over with October season and on to November Thanksgiving season. That uh, With that, uh, that, join me again next week for the second part of this repost of the History of Horror Comics. And until then, go out and enjoy yourself a good comic book.